Hi, I'm Holland Lane Curtis, and I play Birdie, the town menace who is currently going through the five stages of grief, very publicly. Hi, I'm Mary Stack. I'm playing Georgie Sullivan, the born and bred Brindlewood band who runs Knitwit Haven, and a day out for tea with her friends has turned into a horrible loss of another friend and disillusionment of her favorite podcast. Hi, I'm Willa Wilson, and I'm playing Renette Bollinger. My third spouse was an absolute good-for-nothing pompous asshole who never gave me nothing but a bunch of useless, bougie information about tea. My name is Jonah Knight, and this is Roll to Metal, a Brindlewood Bay actual play murder mystery podcast produced by actualstorypodcasting.com. This published scenario, The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soulless, was written by David Morrison, at Chap of Steel on Twitter. Follow the links in the show notes to find some of his writing. This will not be a quick little bottle scenario, will it? Our mavens are really just getting started. Okay? Let's go. While attending tea service at the brand new Snowdrop Bed and Breakfast, Bertie's dear friend and former investigative journalist, Latita Dawes, began to choke and quickly died. But did she really choke? Or was it something more nefarious? After talking with some of the staff and the lodgers, the Mavens learned a few things. Latita was interested in some mysterious disappearances that occurred on the Stockton farm before it was purchased and converted into the Snowdrop Bed and Breakfast. Latita also seemed to be keeping a notebook that may contain additional information, though exactly where that notebook is... Georgie. This woman in front of you is well over six feet tall. Her skin is pale and porcelain, Her eyes are black as coal, her lips are red as blood, and her apron is very crisp and starched over a very puffy white dress. And she moves as though something might be controlling her invisible strings or gears or something. She stares right through you, and she repeats her message, guests are not permitted in the kitchen. I'm sorry, it's just that uh, our tea service had been cleared away so quickly, and I, first of all, didn't get a chance to finish my tea, and I'm so very thirsty, and it was tasty, and in addition to that, I may have left something on the table that is no longer there, and I just thought maybe I could come in and have a look at the dishes. She doesn't blink. She doesn't move. Speak to your server, please, if you have an order. Do not come here again. Well, my server wouldn't know where the items that I've left on the table are. They'd be with the dishes that were removed. I presume the dishes are cleaned at some point, and there is a dishwashing station back here. Is there not? Does she have a name tag? She does not have a name tag. What is your name, ma'am? She does change her posture a little bit now, and she walks towards you deliberately and slowly around the island in the middle of the kitchen. She still has not blinked, I don't think. As she gets closer, you can see no laugh lines. You can see no crow's feet. And she reaches out towards you and past you 
and pushes the door open and says, please talk to your server if you have any questions. Guests are not permitted in the kitchen. I'm sorry. Once again, I did not catch your name. Birdie. (laughs) You uh, and Phoenix are still talking in the hallway. Phoenix, in the middle of your conversation, suddenly snaps to attention and jerks their head towards the hallway, looks shocked and almost pained and says, I'm sorry, excuse me, and rushes away and arrives very quickly behind you, Georgie. They put their hand on your shoulder and say, I'm sorry, if there's anything we can do to help you, let's let's just do that out here. This area is off limits to guests, okay? Eva prefers that no one bother her while she's in the kitchen. Otherwise, uh, the, the, the quality of the service can suffer for, for longer than one would think. Uh, but let's, let's come right out here. If there's anything, if you want another drink, we can absolutely get you another drink. Let's go. Um, well, we can't really go into the, uh, the serving room right now because that's where, um, right. Uh, um, I have a wonderful idea. Let me bring you both back out to the porch that'd be wonderful. And, and then if you want tea, we can do that out there. But, but, uh, we, we try to stay out of the kitchen as much as possible. Please this way, please, please, ma'am, this way, this way, ma'am, please, please write, right this way, ma'am, right, right this way, ma'am. If there is even 20 seconds of time, Birdie's going to try and go up the stairs while, uh, Phoenix is distracted because her heart is set on finding the room that Latita was in. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. Phoenix's attention is entirely on Georgie now and trying to move her out of the doorway to the kitchen. Georgie, what would you like to do? You're the center of attention. I'll follow Phoenix out. That The, amount, the amount of stress has risen to meet Georgie's level of adrenaline surge, and so she's fine just turning around and leaving. But on the way out, she's going to have a conversation about how to get those cups back. <laughs> so Phoenix is, is right there and very... Uh, uh, sort of like surrounding you with their arm and trying to guide you back down the hallway. And you could feel like a little bit of pressure there, a little bit of pressure to move just like maybe a little bit faster. And the door kind of closes. Phoenix says, uh, I'm sorry, what, you, you were thirsty. You, you would like another drink. We can absolutely get you another drink. Well, thank you. I also was just truly interested in what had happened to all of the serveware that was out during the time of tea service, it seems really odd that you would clear it before the authorities have arrived. Oh, and Phoenix's eyes open a little bit. Oh, you think we should have left? Oh. I think someone's going to ask. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, we didn't really think. You I'm might want to make sure those cups don't get washed. I'm afraid we didn't think about that. Some people just feel the need to stay busy. And that must have been at the heart of what we did. Oh, I, I can absolutely understand. And uh, Georgie fishes around in her purse, pulls out a business card. <laughs> a great way I have found to stay busy that will not uh, mess with your environment or change things if they need, you know, if they need to be left as is, is to keep your hands busy by knitting. And, you know, I run the local knitting shop, Knit with Haven, and I would love for you to stop by anytime so that I can show you the wares, maybe get you signed up for some classes. It would just be, I think it would be so great for you. And she hands the business card. Phoenix looks it over quickly, uh, having ushered you right to the front door with uh, their hand on your back. 
This is very interesting. You know, we have been talking about doing some sort of outreach with other organizations on the island. We do have a binder that goes into each room in the bed and breakfast where we refer guests to other local businesses. Perhaps there's a way for us to refer clients to you, and perhaps there's a way for you to refer your customers to us. Sometimes what will happen is that residents here on an island might have guests coming in to visit, but they don't have enough bedrooms in their own home. If it was possible at all for residents to think of us to house their guests, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I think that this is something we can talk about. (laughs) If there's any um, literature you would like me to take and look over to keep in my stir, we absolutely can. In the meantime, maybe just don't clean up anything else here until, uh, you know, the authorities come and... Mm -hmm. I I hear that. But let me let me say this. Uh, What I could use for you from you to put in the rooms would be maybe something a little larger. We have full binders in there. So a card is nice. But if you have something more like a flyer, maybe with a discount, maybe if our customers came in and they could get a discount from your store. And we definitely have flyers that you could perhaps put up in your store. It's just a just the beginning of a hopefully a very profitable business relationship for both of us. I absolutely feel like this is something we can definitely talk about in the future. And I will take any literature you have and I'll talk to uh, Calliope about what sort of larger format items we could provide for your binder. Renette, Georgie and Phoenix are joining you back on the porch. It looks like Phoenix is hovering very closely to Georgie and guiding her towards uh, a nice little table. I'm probably like, oh, finally got out of that conversation with Edward. Um, Georgie, I like kind of make make eye contact. Like, did did you, did any did you get what you need? Georgie does a little like. Okay. I think that I can fix this. I will absolutely find Percy, and he will bring out uh, another tea service for the three. And then Phoenix looks around. Oh, where did your friend go? Who knows? She's in mourning. Hmm. I mean, oh, we she... all are. <laughs> oh, you mean um, our podcasting friend? That one? The one who's presently sneaking around to the kitchen? I'm sorry? You're... Oh, I, I thought she mentioned something about uh, wanting to get back into the, the bed and breakfast in a different uh, entrance. There isn't. This is the the main entrance. Well, I'll, uh, let me let me see what I can do. Uh, guests are are not allowed in the, in the kitchen. But um, let yes, me see. I've heard. <laughs> yes, uh, let me see what I can do. Um, let me find per- Percy. Where is that? Okay, let me. When I find him, I don't know the lazy. Oh, do you need any help? Oh no, no, not at all. Please, please have a seat right here. And when I find Percy, we'll bring some tea right out for you. Um. Yeah. You just. Keep, I don't know, you just do do your thing. Not sure if I trust that podcasting girl. And Phoenix bows, goes back inside. Bertie, you were able to sneak away. What is your plan here? I might be wrong, but I believe when I was talking to Phoenix, they said something about Latita having a room upstairs. I, I believe in conversation, it was very casually mentioned, so... I'm going upstairs to see if I can find the right room. Uh, it sounds like you want to try to be quiet, right? Things may go a little differently if they if people notice that you're going upstairs. 
let's say a simple composure roll to see if you can be appropriately sneaky. I was wondering if I could go with pure speed and go for vitality. If you want to prioritize quickness over over sneaky, that's totally fine. I think I do want to. I don't think it's really in Birdie's wheelhouse to be quiet in any way, shape, or form. I'll go ahead and roll that with vitality. That is a 10 plus 2. That is a 12. I. It sounds like as soon as Phoenix left your side, you bounded up these stairs pretty quickly. And maybe it was a little quiet for you because there is a runner on these stairs and your feet went to the right spot. So you go up to the landing, turn around to upstairs, and you see that you're in a hallway with a handful of rooms, maybe five rooms up here. And each of these doors does have a number on it. The first one on the left, first one on the right, second one on the left, they're all closed. The second one on the right seems to be open. And then there's one all the way at the end of the hallway that is also closed. And you can see, at least from where you are, that the room all the way at the end of the hallway has a bathroom sign on it. Would I be able to make a a move to kind of know, think back on Latita? Like, does she have a favorite number? Does she have, like, a specific type of room that she goes for every time we travel? Like, does she have to have the one that's closest to the stairs or closest to the bathroom, the one that has the best view. Can I can I roll to see if I recall any of that? That might be a day move. Okay. And that if you if you get a good success on a day move, then you'll probably know exactly which room is hers. If this fails, what's the worst thing that can happen? I stumble upon someone's room that I really don't want to be messing with and maybe make myself an enemy of one of the guests. By wrecking their shit? Yeah, that sounds right. Roll the day move. Okay. It sounds like vitality because you're going for speed. Okay. Does that feel right? Yeah, I think so. I think just like quick thinking instinct. That's a nine plus two. That's an 11. You pause here at the top of the stairs for a second. First door on the left is a one. First door on the right is a two. Then a three. Then the four is the open door. And you remember that she did say she was in room four. Okay, I go straight straight in. You're still fairly quiet going down the hallway. There's a, a nice runner here as well. And you get to the door. It is definitely open deliberately. And as you look in, you can see her suitcase over there. It looks like she has some things hung up in the closet, a couple of things on the nightstand. Standing in the doorway looking in, you do not see a journal or anything like that, but you do recognize her suitcase. You do recognize the travel alarm clock on the bedstand that she's had since the 70s. I think Birdie takes a beat too long, just kind of taking in the alarm clock, some of the trinkets that are set out, and uh, she's just awash with memory. And she gives herself just a moment to take a deep breath, and then she goes for it. Uh, If there is a purse or a knapsack, very likely she knows that Latita would keep her notebook on her more so than in her suitcase, I think, um, because it's more of an active use. Focus on the mission here, because the mission is to make sure that this crime doesn't go unpunished. Sounds like you're meddling. 
I sure am. <laughs> I swear I'm not cheating. I will show you my dice. Oh. Uh, I got another 10 plus two. So it's not a natural 12, so it's not a void clue. The first thing that you notice as you step into the room is that the window is open. And right in front of you, you can see that at the foot of the bed, there is a bench. And on that bench is the travel bag that she has had for at least 10 years, maybe much longer, probably. So you could either go right to the bag to see what's there. But this window does seem to be open. I think I glance out the window, trying to, like, keep myself from view, but still, like, seeing if there's, like, if someone was trying to crawl up in here or if they already have. You get a nice view out the window, and you can see that if you crawled out this window, you would be right on the roof. And as you get a little bit closer, it looks like there was a vase here that you can see now on the floor. And it occurs to you that if someone had tried to go in or out of this window, they might have knocked this vase off of this little table and onto the floor. And looking out the window, you have a nice view of the back of the bed and breakfast, which you did not have when the three of you pulled up in the driveway. And you can see this fantastic orchard, rows and rows of trees. Hey, did someone mention that they were fruit trees? Uh, trying to remember if, if maybe you know that or not. But you can see that there is someone out in the orchard. If you want to spend a bit more time, you might recognize them. But if you want to just make this a quick glance and then go to the bag, you can do that. I want to, but Birdie's already made up her mind that it's fucking Laura Sanchez. So <laughs> does it look like they're in a hurry or they're moving or are they stagnant? From your quick glance, you see movement out in the trees that is not running. It doesn't look like someone is panicked fleeing through the trees. But to know more, you would have to probably stand here for a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, I think Birdie takes another second to look. So if you stand in front of the window to get a good look at whatever is happening out in the orchard, it would be fairly easy to turn around, take one step, and get the bag. I think she's going to get the bag and then immediately go back to look. Then you turn quickly away from the window, and you grab this bag. I am holding the bag and immediately looking back at the window. So standing a little bit closer to the window, maybe inching a bit closer to it, you have a better view of the roof right out, outside the window here. And you can see off towards your left what looks like the top of a ladder leans up against this roof. And then you turn back to the orchard. And it takes a moment because the location where you saw that movement before seems to be pretty still. And then you're pretty sure that you see Percy. Looks like he's going from tree to tree, trying to be sneaky. And then a few moments later, you can see what he's doing. It looks like he's trying to remain hidden from Laura Sanchez, who is also walking through these trees. Doesn't look like she's trying to be hidden. She's right in the middle of the paths between the rows. She sort of stops. Oh, she's narrating into her phone. So Percy's a real bitch. Not like a bitch, but like Percy's like with it. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's like weird 
how he's doing it, but I, I respect, I, I respect it, but also still who, who, who did the latter thing, who would know where the latter is. So respect for Percy eavesdropping, but also caution. I think with that, then Bertie turns away from the window and starts to dig through the bag. I don't think she like steps away from the window necessarily besides like maybe out of view but she starts rifling through the bag fully aware that there is a potential exit down the ladder if she has to from your first search you don't see a book you don't see what if indeed she had been taking notes inside of a a journal or a book or something like that it is not here in this bag there are other odd things like oh her she has a wallet in here just an extra pair of sunglasses she has normal purse things uh, she even has a gold crown mystery book in here. Looks like it's dog-eared that she's been reading for some time. The only thing that's not immediately identifiable as you're going through this bag is a sealed manila envelope. It's fairly small. And as you sort of take it out to look at it, it doesn't seem like, seem like there's anything written on it, but it does seem it is sealed. You hear someone walking down the hallway. I drop the bag. And did, does it sound like they're headed with purpose towards somewhere? Or is it like a casual ambling kind of walk? Some steps. Some steps. They're going to be getting to this room fairly soon. When you drop the bag, did you keep anything? Or is everything in I, the bag? I keep the manila envelope. Okay. I am going out the window then. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yep. Like, I would hide hide under the bed, but that's not Birdie's style. She's she's going, she's going hard. Uh, her friend died. This means business. This means war. So you're going right out the window. I think this is also a day move. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think it is, again, vitality. <laughs> What's the worst thing that can happen if this does not go well? Um, I fall and I twist my ankle or I hurt myself. Let's do this. Altogether, that is an eight. You start scrambling through the window and it occurs to you that this is a, a, a harsher slope than it looked like from the inside. You get the sense that if you get out here on the roof, you're going to start to slide towards the edge. You can keep going and hopefully steady yourself and get to the ladder or something. Or you can go back in. From my quick like glance around the room, was I able to tell if the bed had like an underneath? There is an underneath to the bed, but you have a moment to make the choice of in or out before these footsteps get here. If you go back in, you may not be fully hidden under the bed before the footsteps get to the door. You can definitely get out the window before the footsteps get here. I think I'm going to use a crown of the queen. I know it's probably better to to save, but I do feel like narratively sneaking out like this would remind her of some of the crazy moments she's had with Latita. One of the crown of the queens is a flashback of your fondest memory of your late partner, maybe a late partner in crime. Yeah, you can use her. I think that this reminds her of Atlanta, which was indeed a place where uh, they were caught and 
spent three nights in jail. One of the things that they were arrested for was trespassing. I, I think it started out as them going to a, some sort of house party. They just kept jumping from house to house, from party to party. The night started when the sun went down and it continued even past the sun going up. And I think the last place they snuck in was uh, an abandoned house because of gold crown mysteries and because of a love of adventure. I think they were full grown adults by then. So, so not quite like college kid age and doing crazy stuff. Like I, I fully believe that this was the type of thing where Latita went back to her day job <laughs> the next day or something. And so they snuck into this abandoned house because there were stories about it being haunted. Uh, and I do think that this is when they were caught by the police, but they tried to sneak out one of the windows. And I, and I think because of that, knowing that they were caught from sneaking out the window, Birdie rushes back in, drops into a roll, and Hot Dog rolls herself under the bed. But I think that just invigorated by this memory of past friendship and adventure and adrenaline, she just goes for it and is faster than she thinks she is. Uh, and then she just, she kind of just curls, curls up to make sure that her, you know, her hair is not peeking out, her feet aren't showing. Birdie, you are safely under the bed and you made almost no sound getting there. On the front porch, Georgie and Renette, would you like to wait for your tea? Or do you have other things that you would like to do? I'm interested in um, hearing more, learning more about this place's history. So I thought I might um, take a look uh, around at whatever parts of the building I can investigate. You know, sometimes old buildings, like, even after they've been, you know, repurposed, they might have old pictures of like a family that lived there back in the day. See if there's any sort of historical record, any, anything like that around here. Here's what you already know about the place. Uh, I don't know that you've been to the bathroom downstairs, but you've been in the public spaces and there are some photos up inside. Here in the driveway, right near the bed and breakfast, there's a fairly wide parking area with lots of room, perhaps a, an over-ambitiously large parking area for the number of guest rooms that they have here. But you did notice at the end of the driveway, there was what looks like an old barn that maybe has been renovated. Maybe that's uh, where the Coles keep their vehicle. Just from out here on the porch, although you can't see, you did notice that Lara was uh, Lara Sanchez was going around the side of the house. There are grounds here. There is a, a large amount of outside space. This was a, a fully functioning farm for many, many generations. So you can absolutely go inside off the top of your head. You could you, Maybe you can find something new. Maybe you can find something in the barn. Maybe there's something else out here. Where would you like to go? Renette is most interested in looking at uh, the pictures 
Cause especially because of her uh, her experience with costuming, she she can like see like if there's an old picture, a grainy old photo of a woman in the dress. I'm like, okay, I know exactly what year that's from based on the silhouette. See if I can get any information about uh, or the kind of people who lived here, the kind of people who built this place, and maybe whatever I can get about the the history and maybe the disappearances. Uh, Georgie, you're going inside as well? I just um, don't want to be corralled back outside to wait for tea because I didn't go to the kitchen for tea. (laughs) We could split up in the farmhouse because, I mean, Georgie is really trying to get after some clues of what happened in the tea room or Georgie would leave and go to the barn. Actually, there's a really scary woman in the kitchen, so I'm going to stick with you in the house so she doesn't come get you while you're looking around the hall because maybe guests aren't allowed in the hallway either. (laughs) Tell me about this scary woman. Well, her name's Eva. She's like well over six feet tall, as pale as a porcelain doll. Her eyes are black and she has an intense shade of red lips. Her apron was so super clean and starched. It didn't see, it seemed kind of out of place for the kitchen. And it almost seemed like she was mechanical and she really did not want me in the kitchen. Wow. In fact, that's why Phoenix uh, had corralled me outside. He, they literally pulled me out of the kitchen as far in as I had gone and directed me back out of the house. They really don't want to see in the kitchen, huh? Right. I'd love to get in that kitchen. I don't know how to do it with Eva there. Interesting. Okay, Eva is absolutely terrifying. Um, so hiding scary. Something. Hiding, yes. Definitely hiding something in that kitchen. I'm a little scared, but I am. I mean, we're gonna figure, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. But let's start investigating what we can here first. Okay, so it sounds like you're just going to go right in and meddle? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least meddling first in the areas that I think we're allowed to be in. Definitely looking at whatever uh, whatever photos and uh, knickknacks and whatever they've got hanging around that might hint at the place's history. All right, all right. Oh, no. Yeah, so I rolled a one and a two, so with reason, that's a four. You go into the entryway, start looking around. Both of you can see is that the decorations in here show nothing about the history of this property. There's some very modern art, some some Jackson Pollocky style, some like here's a large dot and a square. So looking for history in photos in the entryway near the staircase, you don't see anything there, but you sort of moved far enough in to get a look inside the tea room. Well, I guess I should say, you know what is in the tea room. Are you ignoring that whole area purposefully or are you going in there? I think Renette is going in there against against whatever better judgment there might be. I think with a role like this, she's not thinking enough to be like, oh, I should avoid that place for a number of reasons. 
She's kind of just like, doop a doop a doop. Georgie has had the mindset of we owe it to Latina to figure out what's going on. So she tried to get in the kitchen, so couldn't do it. So now no qualms about it going in that tea room, too. Well, both of you tentatively enter. And the obvious first thing that you notice is that Latita is still on the floor where you last saw her. And the second thing is that the EMT is not in this room. So you've stopped just a few steps inside the room. What is your strategy for searching this area? I think Renette is probably a little bit frozen in place. This is a fully dead person who I just talked to and I watched her die and is still processing that and seeing that body again. I don't think she can move. I'm going to do something that I have very seldom done here. Both of you have a condition. Aware of your own mortality. And having come back in this room when you knew that you really shouldn't. You will roll at a disadvantage whenever you try to do something that feels dangerous. And just as a recap of what conditions do, you get rid of one by spending time in your cozy little place or participating in your cozy activity. And that has to be in a situation where you have time to sort of meditate it out. It takes at least a little bit of time. You can't jump in Ringo and jump out. And that will stay with you until you have cozy little placed or cozy activityed. Oh my God, Georgie, I'm suddenly aware of my own mortality. Me too. It feels that it just hit me all of a sudden, really. all of a sudden. All of a sudden. I feel like I'm going to be bad at things for a while. I think to be expected with how we're feeling. Yeah. Okay. With how aware of our own mortality we are just this minute. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Let's turn around and not look at a dead body. Okay. Okay. Shall we go to the barn maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Let's do that. Okay. You both turn around and bump right into Edward, who must have come into the house after you did. Oh, gee, Sarah, I'm sorry. Oh, are we allowed? Oh, no, she's there. What, I know, she, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you ladies doing in here? I was just, I was looking for, I was looking at pictures on the walls, trying to distract myself from this, and then we just wandered in, and she's still there, and it's hard. I need some air. Oh, yeah, sure. so we were all just heading right back out. Edward, if yeah. you'd like to head back out with us. No. Nope, I've um, I've made up my mind. I'm um, I'm packing my things and I'm going to another hotel. Um, uh, I can't stay here anymore. I just feel uh, I feel um, I feel like I sh- I shouldn't stay here another night. I uh, I don't know. I don't believe in fate and signs from from the hereafter and all. But I you um, a, you getting a bad energy or something from this place? Yeah, yeah. Deep inside, yeah. just something telling me I, I don't need to be here anymore. I'm I'm going upstairs and I'm packing my things. Oh, my dear Noah, I'm sure no one expects you to stay another night, but it might be best to wait outside for the authorities to come and for our friend to be taken out of this place before everyone traipses about inside. Just it, sh- it shouldn't be too much longer. I'm sure they'll be here soon. I hear you, ma'am. I hear you. Um, I'm not going in the room 
with your friend and I'm, um, I'm just going right to my room. I'm not going to leave. I'm just going to pack my things. I'm going to be ready to go when they say it's time to go. When they say I can leave, I'll leave, but I'm just going to get ready. I just don't, I feel like if I just stand out there and, and, and stare at the river all day, that's not going to help. So I've just, I, I got to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to just pack my things and. I, I, I really need some air. Um, Georgie, let's go outside. You can come with us if you want. I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe I will in a few minutes, but, um, I don't have a lot of things anymore. So, uh, and I didn't bring them here anyway, so I don't have much to pack, but I just feel like I need to be ready to go when they say it's time to go. But I'll, I'll come outside in a few minutes. I, I appreciate you in- including me. I just need to see my things. Oh. Okay. Come on, Georgie. All right. Yeah, let's go. Okay. We're and- so mortal. <laughs> it's and so I'm upsetting. aware of it. I know. And you can, uh, as you go outside, uh, you do see Edward ascending the staircase. It's pretty quiet yes. out here in the driveway. There's that EMT ambulance. The lights just sort of flickering. No sound, though. Handful of cars around. Can we see if the EMT is in the ambulance? Yeah. Like, where'd they go? Yeah, you can walk by that, take a little diversion on the way to the barn, and no, he is he is not in there. And there was just one EMT? It's not like there was, a, you know, a, a team, a driver, a... And another person. Yeah, just a one. Huh. We're very short-staffed. We really need to talk to the mayor about our infrastructure. Yeah. It's not doing too hot. As the two of you walk off to the barn, you get a little bit further, and you can see behind the house here, down the, down the way where Laura snuck off to earlier, it looks like there's an old driveway that seems to go back towards the orchard. It's all dirt. With, uh, with grooves and grass coming up in the middle. Looks like when they did all the renovations, they left that there. But, uh, but the nice driveway goes right up to the barn. Welcome to the middle of the episode. This is where I tell you a few things. The first is that we are going to start playing trailers for other actual play podcasts. If you have a trailer for your actual play podcast, let me know. Send it to me, and maybe I'll play it right here. So you know what? Here's the first one. Welcome to Arius and meet the Ram Pack and Party Advantage, a D&D play podcast. Join Manny, Garrus, Roshin, and Tagoro as they travel the vast lands and learn long-forgotten secrets and find themselves in all kinds of shenanigans. So what are we doing? Drugs. We did that in season one already. Did we? Well, you did. Yes. <laughs> Tagoro got a taste for him. Oh, God. I, I, I'm now the personal healer, and I have to take care of Manny? Well, I mean, your, your girlfriend was the personal healer more than you. Remember? I'm a dragon? Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, last time you were a dragon, it didn't go so good. Let's not repeat, okay? X-nay on the dragnay. Got it? Tune in every other Wednesday on all your favorite podcast platforms of choice and on YouTube. Will the party find the advantage on their next encounter? Only one way to find out. See you then. Thank you, Party Advantage. There's a link for more information about that show in our show notes. Check them out. 
We are a drive through RPG affiliate. If you have not picked up your own copy of Brindlewood Bay, please do so by clicking the link in our show notes or over on our website. That helps us out a lot, and it helps you play a pretty fantastic game. We want to thank David Morrison at Chap of Steel for writing this scenario. Follow the links in the show notes for more information about him and what he is up to. Okay? Let's go. Birdie, you're hiding under a bed for probably the very first time in your life. Definitely, maybe the first time in my life. She thinks about it a little too hard. This is a perfect space for someone the size of Birdie. She's, uh, she's, she's actually fairly comfortable under here. And you hear those footsteps pause at the door. And then a step into the room. And then another. And it sort of sounds like... They're going to the closet. The closet door opens. After a few moments, the closet door closes. They go towards the end of the bed. And you can see that these are men's boots. The footsteps pause at the end of the bed. Footsteps walk around the room a little bit. Maybe they're at the window. And then it sounds like they're starting to leave the room. Would you like to interact with these boots? Um, <laughs> I think if I can, I just want to get like a, a good glimpse of the boots. I don't want to give away my position. You do get the sense that if you want to see more than just the boots, that is probably a day move. Because there is some danger of being seen. You are perfectly safe where you are. I mean, I think just getting the color of the boots and basic style. I don't think she wants to push her luck too much more right now. I think all of her bravery was used on getting up here and now it's all kind of hitting her. So in a rare moment of cautiousness, I think she she just waits. The boots stop at the doorway and the door closes. And with the door closed... You hear very muffled footsteps in the hallway, but quickly you can't really discern. Did they completely leave the hallway? Are they still there? So, hey, this room is fairly well soundproofed. Um, I think she waits for a a good two minutes, which is a lot for her. Uh, (laughs) And then she slowly, very carefully pulls herself out from under the bed. Now she's prioritizing silence or quiet still clutching that manila envelope honestly i think she untucks whatever shirt she has or top that she has on and she stuffs it like right where her her pants start and then like tucks her shirt back over it um and then pulls the like sweater thing that she has because it's like half sweater and then half like loosey-goosey drapery. Um, And I think she pulls it a little bit over her and just kind of like, there's probably a mirror of some sort in there. So she just kind of adjusts to have the least amount showing. And then she's going to risk opening the door, I think. Just like a crack first. As you get to the door, you can hear footsteps in the hallway. Do you want to wait at the door? No, I go back under the bed. 
Let's say another few minutes pass. And you make another attempt to investigate the doorway. And you hear nothing in the hallway. Great. I, I crack the door open. There is no one here. You don't really hear anything. As quietly as I can, I make a break for the stairs. Easy. And you start to make, uh, you make it down the hallway a little bit, and you see that the door to room number one is open. So you would have to pass an open door to get to the stairs. Oh my god. Oh, this is the worst. This is the worst, Jonah. It feels like you're sneaking around upstairs in your grandparents' house. I hate it. I hate it. Renette and Georgie, you've arrived at the garage. There are two bays for cars, and there is a little door to the side. Not not a little tiny door, but a regular human door off to the side. I'm more interested in the old driveway, the one, you know, that's probably from uh, way back before the remodeling. You know, if there's anything clues as to what kind of shenanigans went on here back when there were all these disappearances, apparently. I want to know more about what Latita was investigating, really. When we drove up, Georgie recognized that it used to be the Stockton farm and like three of the kids had been in her class. So the renovations would have happened after that family moved away. Yes. So the farm was sold just a few years ago. These renovations have been going on for more than a year. So it's been it's been some time, but not a long time. How tied in are you with island gossip? I think that I would hear whatever gossip happens in the store, but she probably would have been out of the loop for like a year or so and probably was more tuned into gossip that was happening when she was a school teacher because she'd go to all the like school events and hear parents talking. Let's go down this old driveway and see where it leads. Yeah, I think that's uh, what we should do. It's a rather pleasant driveway. It does. It does look real nice. Yeah. It's a very nice day. It has the right amount of cloud cover, so you don't feel like you're going to get burned. There's a nice breeze coming off of the river. You can hear it going through the trees. Just nice enough to get a little bit of rustling with the leaves. Oh, those are pears. And those are plums. This is very nice. The orchard sort of stretches on, but this old driveway sort of goes around the edge of the barn. And then you can see that it goes down through the trees a bit. And maybe from where you are, you think that if you walk for about five minutes you would get to a jog in the driveway where it sort of turns off to the right. From where you are, you can't quite see where it's going, aside from through the orchard. Such a lovely day. Almost makes you forget your own mortality. I know, just seeing so much life around. Almost. Almost. Should we tell Birdie where we are? Yeah, uh, should we text? text I think we should. I think we should. Yeah, um, I'm going to text a pear emoji and a plum emoji and a tree emoji. I'll throw in a, a barn for good measure. And like a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That ought to do it. Mm-hmm. Birdie, is your phone on vibrate? <laughs> <laughs> We're the worst. You know, I, I, think, I think it probably is. <laughs> 
before whatever happens happens, I do think that Birdie has a moment to text a like walking person emoji and then like a shush emoji. <laughs> Your phone buzzes a little bit, but you think that nobody heard it. I'm going to start walking to room one or like past room one, quote unquote. But whenever I reach the open door, I'm going to like turn myself as if I was coming from up the stairs uh, and lean into it. And I'm just going to say something like I'm going to knock on the door and say something like, I think they want everyone downstairs for tea or something. People have been really weird about going anywhere else. Uh, just as a heads up, um, so if you get in trouble, I I told you that you're not supposed to be up here because I'm a great citizen. Okay, bye. I don't even care who it is. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so you don't even look. You don't even look inside the room. Probably glance, but I don't think she's waiting for a response. The door closes very quickly, though you're able to see that whoever's closing it is wearing sort of a frilly white dress. I was just trying to help. Bye. And then I rushed down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know Mrs. Carfax could climb those stairs herself. But if I you know who that is. Apparently she you guys in a while. Well, you said frilly white dress, and I did I did write in my notes, doopa doopa doo, doopa doo. Um old lady in lace dress. White hair looks ghostly. That's yeah. Mrs. Carfax for you. I like this old timey voice that's oh. coming up. <laughs> oh, I I can't I can't stop it. <laughs> I love you it. You think I have control when my voice goes into this this tear? I, I cannot stop it. No, that's really. actually just how Willow and I talk to each other. Anytime we see each other in public, <laughs> yes, it's um, either this or it's Jester. Hello, hello, hello. hey. <laughs> We're Jester. I'm Jester. Both of us. I'm a little blue tiefling. I'm very cute. Um, have you heard of the traveler? He's so cool. He is so cute. He's so... Anyways, <laughs> back yes. to murder. Um... Yeah. Back to this podcast. Yeah.